Hi, friends. Welcome back to our That Sounds Fun podcast Christmas party. I'm so glad you've joined us. If you've been invited by a friend and this is your first week here, welcome to the party. We are really glad you're here. My name is Annie F. Downs. I'm the host of this podcast slash party, and I'm really, really grateful that you showed up this week. Um, We are just having ourselves a multi-week Christmas party, and I'm loving it, you guys. I am just loving it. That great music in the background of our party is our friend Dave Barnes. He has two Christmas albums. You should definitely check them out. I think a December to Remember is on massive sale right now, so you should grab it. And the other one is Very Merry Christmas. I love them both, so get those. Hey, speaking of great singers that we love, listen, this week we have one of my dear friends, someone I love and am a massive fan of. Like, you cannot know how much I embarrassed us all the first time I met Christy Knuckles. I mean... Really, I, like I, oh, I just, it's shameful, you guys. I needed to tell you that before we started talking to her so that you would know the shame that I brought upon us in a few years ago at the IF gathering. When Christy and I met, I was just like, hi, I've loved you for 20 years and, uh, I mean, yeah, I got real weird about it. I apologize. But we recovered. Time heals all things, you guys. And Christy and I recovered. And now that she and her family are here in Nashville, we've gotten to be friends. And I'm just really thankful for her. I'm thankful for her voice and how she cares about people and how she leads us really well in singing and just in how she lives. So her new Christmas album is called The Thrill of Hope. And so that's what we talked about. We talked about all sorts of things. You know how this goes, you guys. If this is your first rodeo with us, listen, we just are a rabbit trail kind of people. So buckle up, hang on, and we are going to walk over at this Christmas party to our friend, Christy Knuckles. So, Christy, here's what you don't know. Or maybe you do know. We are um, throwing a Christmas party on the podcast. Really? Yes. (laughs) So what we've been doing is we're at a big Christmas party all together, and we are just kind of walking from section to section, uh, like starting conversations with people. Like we're at a party. So I feel like we've just walked over to the grand piano, and you're like laying across (laughs) it in a red dress. Is that okay? Your husband's playing the piano. You're like in a sparkly red dress, just lounging. I mean, why not? You're only singing if you want to. You're not working at this party. (laughs) We haven't hired you. You are just here as a guest who happens to have found herself lounged upon. (laughs) on the grand piano. Right. I mean, that just feels very you, right? Just lounging on the piano. Um, Can we please talk about, it's still, there's a little shame. I didn't know we'd be real life friends when it happened about, when I met you like four years ago and geeked out so hard. <laughs> Does that happen to you a lot with women in their like 30s? I mean, you know, some. Yeah. Not like every day, but, but yeah. every once in a while. Yeah, because our generation, like my, you were the voice of my college life in a lot of ways. How does that register in your brain when you think that there are tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of us <laughs> that have you as our like college soundtrack? Well, you know, it's not really till times like this that I'm aware of it, I guess. <laughs> which is you probably, make me feel weird, Annie. <laughs> which is probably just really good. I'm not aware of it. I just don't think about that kind of stuff. I'm usually cleaning my kitchen or something. So right. when people do tell me that, I'm like, oh, yeah, like people actually get a hold of this music somehow and it circulates and it ministers to people. And so it's like it is crazy sometimes to 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 hear the stories and to be aware of that, mm-hmm. you know, that it's been people's soundtracks, you know, in their life in different seasons. And yeah. It amazes me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty fun. I mean, it's been really 
and I've told you this as a friend as well, but it was amazing loving your music. It is way cooler and way more amazing being your real life friend because you're just you're a great friend. Oh, thank and I enjoy you. really knowing you. But that doesn't stop my fandom. I'm sorry to tell you <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is that doesn't mean that I didn't like abuse my watermark CDs in college <laughs> or tapes. Were they still in tapes? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. We yeah. have a bunch of those in our garage. Yeah. Watermark I mean, take tapes. me there to the place where you are. Come yeah. on. That stuff was so good. What's your favorite watermark memory? Oh, goodness. Man, there's a lot of them. Probably recording um, the record. It was actually our last studio record. It's called The Purest Place. Mm-hmm. For some reason, those songs like still, that song, Purest Place in general, um, every once in a while, I pull it up. I was about to say, you still sing it, right? Sometimes, sometimes I feel like I've I heard do. you do it. Yeah, I have. And in fact, um, our friend Lauren Tomlin, yeah. um, you know, she one time texted me just probably actually a couple months ago and was like, this is your, this is your song. Like if I had to pick mm. one for your life, like this is your song and this is your prayer. And she's like, do you realize how long you've been praying those things? The purest place, like. You know, it's not in the masses or this or that, but the the purest place is really Jesus. And probably so just that record for some reason, writing those songs and um, really maybe knowing it was our last, you know, in that season mm-hmm. um, signed to that label with those people. And it was just, just such a special season. And um, yeah, the purest place record for some reason. The house, it was downtown Franklin, this historic little house. That's but y'all didn't like, live here yet. Well, we lived there then, yeah. Oh, you lived that here was before. then Atlanta that was pre- and then back? Yep. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Ten years we lived here. Oh, and my then gosh. seven years in Atlanta. Now we're back here. So, Man, that's really interesting. Seven years completion, yeah. huh? Yeah. We have a thing with sevens or God has a thing with sevens. <laughs> but also the knuckles. But also us. So. I think that's really interesting when you can know. It's really easy to know the first of something. It's a lot more challenging to know the last. Yeah. And so for you to get to celebrate the last album like mm. that when it was happening yeah. probably is really special. Yeah, it really was because we didn't know at the time going out of that season what was next. Right. And so, you know, it was just like it was a special thing and I knew I needed to like really take note of what God was doing. And at that time I was like really laying down all of that Mm -hmm. because the Lord was really calling my heart home at that time. I had two little bitty ones. They're not little bitty anymore, Mm -hmm. but, um, and so it was almost like, am I ever going to get to do this again? Yeah. But it was like a real lesson in obedience and trust and just laying things down, honestly, Mm -hmm. that I didn't know if I'd get to pick up again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I saw Bianca Oltoff tweet today, something like, um, if God asks you to lay something down, it's either because it wasn't right for you or because he's going to rec- resurrect it into something better and different. Yes, absolutely. And you can, so you can trust the laying down part. Yes. I bet there, I mean, I feel that in my life too. I bet there are so many people listening who can say like, yeah, I've had to, I mean, how many moms have to lay down mm-hmm. careers that they love? Oh yeah. Have to, that's probably not the right word. Choose to right. lay down careers that they love to be home with a family, mm-hmm. not knowing if it's ever going to come back, not knowing if they'll step into that again. What do you mm-hmm. say to her if she's going like, yeah. yep, that's here's another Christmas where I mm-hmm. haven't done what I felt called to do in a different season of my life. I'm called to something else, but I miss yeah. what I laid down. Yeah. Well, I always think about, you know, how the kingdom of God is so upside down. And mm-hmm. so it's like, really, you start as you lay down. And like Bianca said, really move in that, you know, laying down part and trust God in that because it's, you know, in those moments that you realize like the big things 
that we think are big are really, really small. Mm -hmm. And the small things, kind of the unseen stuff, is actually really huge to God. And Mm -hmm. so I remember in that time that I started uncovering that kind of stuff. It was like stuff that I always just thought, well, oh, that's, you know, that's just the ordinary stuff or whatever. But it was like God was showing me so many powerful things in what I thought was just kind of like, you know, you know, as a mom, you just it. Well, you're not a mom yet. Yep. You don't know. <laughs> but a lot of you out there know that you think they're these kind of menial tasks or just these these tasks that don't don't matter. And, and really, you start in that seeing God smile upon mm. those things mm. and you see these little people that he's entrusted you with. And then I think now because mine aren't so little anymore. They're yeah. 16, almost 14, and nine. Um, oh, goodness, just to see the fruit right. of that laying down, because God has now resurrected so much in a way that I could never have dreamt that he would, and reopened doors I never thought he would. But at the end of the day, to have a relationship with my kids like I do, and to not have regret mm. that I missed it. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and I think there's something really powerful about remind that I need reminding of as well that when you plant a seed, that's that exact seed isn't going to come back. Yeah, like totally. you don't lay something down and go, "I'm laying this down because God's going to give me this. God's going to mm-hmm. give me back watermark, or right. God's going to give me back this particular thing." Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, no, no, no. We plant it mm-hmm. and we lay it down, and we it will either die. Yeah. Or it will grow back and look different. Yeah. So be okay when it comes up. You go, oh, this is different. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was getting my seed back and I'm getting a tree. Yeah. And it looks totally, it has the same root system, it has yeah. the same core, mm-hmm. but it's totally different. Yeah. Did you ever think y'all would be back in Nashville? You know, we really didn't. When we moved to Atlanta, we were like, this is for the long haul. Mm. And I think that's that's great, though. You know, if you're doing something, put your whole heart in it. We were like, we're going to raise our kids here. This is going to be for the long haul. We're going to yeah. commit to this. And, and you know, you can kind of say those things out loud, knowing, obviously, that we'd go wherever God wanted us to go. Sure. And But we went with a heart of, you know, let's do this. Let's, let's kind of be planted somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then so we were surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew really probably one to two years before we actually moved that there was a stirring yeah. happening and it was like, oh no, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We were going to stay. We were yeah. going to stay forever. Yeah. I remember talking on the phone to my dad and I said, I feel like mama bird in the nest. And I'm like, have my binoculars out, like looking for a new wow. nest. I was like, why do I feel that way? <laughs> and, you know, and then just there was so much stirring at that time. And God was like, literally, like, I remember many moments of feeling like there was like defibrillator on my chest, like mm. that I had just been asleep to some things and just kind of numb in in a way um, to some things that he was just waking up. Mm-hmm. And it was an exciting time at the time. At the same time, it was like super scary. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness, we're going to we're going to head back. And yeah, so glad we did. Oh, me too. Yeah. I'm so glad y'all are here. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting to when you talk about moving to plant like you're never leaving. Because mm-hmm. I think when you do that in a new city, whether you leave or not, it changes your experience there. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, if you go, this is home. Okay, this is home. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you the day that I made that switch after I left Atlanta and moved up here, the day that I switched from, okay, when do I get to go home to, yeah. okay, this is home. Yeah. I mean, it just changes your 
guts a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did y'all experience that with Atlanta and then coming back here again? Oh, yeah. I mean, when we were there, it was, you know, we gathered people in our home all the time and, and just really dug in mm-hmm. with those people. And, um, and and thankfully, those are the things you have to show for, you know, planting is yeah. that you still have these incredible mm-hmm. friendships that will be lifelong mm-hmm. and they don't care if there's miles between us or whatever. Yeah. So I'm so glad that we that we did that. And of course, um, we helped plant a church during that time. And and we thought, you know, we're this is we're getting in on the ground floor, and and we're going to see this thing. You know, our kids maybe are going to get married here or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, it, it. I'm glad we did it that way yeah. because it really caused us just to lay down other things and really. Um, be an integral part in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, of what was happening. Thinking so. this is the rest of our time. Yeah. 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 I think that too, it almost sometimes scares me. Like I'll be laying in bed at night and I'll go, is he just, is the Lord just letting me feel like this is home because he's going to make me move again? <laughs> is this like, or am I actually going to get to stay here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. not the Lord makes us move, but you know, yeah. I do, I do think through that sometimes as yeah. well of like, yeah. Do I actually get to stay here? Because I'm living like I'm never uh-huh. leaving. Uh-huh. But do I actually get to never leave? Because I'd like to. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we met at IF mm-hmm. Gathering, which I love. It's one oh, of my yeah. very favorite Absolutely. events. What is what is the difference to you of being at like an IF that's all women mm-hmm. and being at Passion that's college students, male and female? Yeah. Well, I think with Passion, you know, it's such a gift in general to be in front of that group of people because it's I mean that the, demographic the, that I mean? I mean the collegiate yeah generation I love them yes and like to just specifically like if I, I can tell you that there's probably been a time every single time I've stood on the stage that I've cried um just for the sheer like um gratitude that I'm getting to stand in front mm. of the collegiate generation because and you've been at all 20, right? Like you yes. were at one day in the field and all that business, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, because it, it it just seeing what God is doing. And, you know, they're not the future of the church. They are the church. That's right. And, and just really watching them be on the edge of their seats, um, really just saying, I'm ready to give my life away. And, and you get to be a part of sort of... Um, cheering that kind of heart, you know, on. And so um, that in particular, you know, is just, it's always, I, I it's, it's such a privilege mm-hmm. to get to stand mm-hmm. before them. You know, when I'm getting to minister to women, it's, it's a whole different thing. It's also this, such a privilege. It, it feels like you're, I'm really getting to be in front of peers and, and we understand each other and we have this um, camaraderie and we, yeah. we get where each other, we, where we are and, mm-hmm. um, and kind of even how, um, how we receive truth, how we receive lies. I mean, all those things it's like, you know, but you know, that, that to me, those are the, just some of the differences. I love all of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I also love the specific things about yeah. 
each one. It's so I special. think that I wonder if uh, the way you feel about women is a lot how I feel about events like um, Buckhead Church in Atlanta, where I get to do Buckhead singles. Yeah. The, it requires a different level of vulnerability for me <laughs> yeah. to be in front of my peers, uh-huh. to go like, oh, I, I'm not talking to people who don't know what my life is like. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm sure for you, from what you're saying, leading worship at like an if or a women's gathering, like the well we have here, that that it's almost like going like, I'm just with you. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. versus like, I'm the boss of you. Like we get to do a <laughs> I'm the boss of you. Sing this song. <laughs> exactly. Do what I say. Do as I say. Sing along with me. Um, what has been your favorite part of being back in Nashville? Oh, goodness. Probably just the small town feel. Yeah. And um, getting to show our kids things that, I mean, they were all three born here, so they're natives, which I hope for them that they kind of stay around because that's, that's right. like an, a pretty cool thing. That's like a unicorn yeah. in this town. <laughs> I mean, people who are born here and stay here or, you know, adult here, yeah. unicorns. Yeah. I think I know two. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know many. Of all of our friends we have, I think I know two who like can actually claim home. Yeah. I think you kind of can, though. You have a lot of years here. I wonder what the number is. We should ask the government. What's the number? Hey, Nashville. (laughs) Hey, Governor, or what's her name? Mayor Barry. How many years do you have to live here to consider yourself a local? Yeah. When's it your hometown? Yeah. Um, Were you all in Franklin when you were here? Mm -hmm. The first time? Okay. We were, yeah. So just getting to show them um, places that were special and things that we did when they were little and reacquainting them, Mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of their formative years were more in Atlanta because they were, you know, it was like grade school for Noah sure. and all the way up through junior high. And and so, yeah, it's been neat to see them just find their roots here and kind of like slowly. It, I will say it took a solid year yeah. for them to even um, give it a chance, I feel like. Um, yeah. And they finally have. Me too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Probably took me about a seriously. year too. It was easier for Nathan and I because we had been here and we loved it. And yeah. Um, but for the kids, it's just been, it's been really special for us to be back. And, you know, when we go downtown Franklin or we go shopping or something, I can't remember where we were when I literally said out loud, you need to know that like, this is, this is real different. Like this Mm. is real special. (laughs) This just doesn't happen everywhere when you're like down at, um, you know, Kilwin's getting a you know, caramel apple or whatever. Right. And there's a guy in there with a guitar singing right. and people are just And someone so pops their head kind. in because they know you yeah. and you know them and y'all go to the same church. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's just special. It's Our really friend sweet. Kristen Bahannon often talks about how Franklin is like Mayberry. Yeah. It and is. it is just this, it is a really sweet yeah. corner of the world. It is. I totally agree. I think mm-hmm. it's really, I, I love that part too. Um, do you think their slowness to take was an age thing or a Nashville thing? I think it was an age thing. Okay. I do. Um, it was one of the reasons why we did not skip a beat with finding a church as fast as we could. Because yeah. even though, you know, we it would be nice to go to all the churches and, you know, visit around, we had a freshman in high school, right. you know, who we knew that, you know, he came out of um, – uh, just a lot of friends from church mm-hmm. and small group and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so um, I think it was just the age group, especially, you know, Ellie was in sev- going into seventh when we moved here. And so that's just a rough age, you know, seventh awesome. grade girls to like to find, you know, that special friend like right, right away. It's right. just really, really hard. So hard. So, and my two girls, they homeschool. So, mm-hmm. 
um, it just has made it a little bit harder mm-hmm. to, um, of course, you know, get around more people. They go to something on Mondays. It's a tutorial, which has helped a ton. And they yeah. do have church friends now. But it was just, you know, we were the new family at church. And yeah. that felt really, really weird for them. One of the things right. that I was really excited about them, about us, you know, leaving Passion was particularly hard on a ton of reasons for a ton of reasons passion city church passion city church sorry yes um because we'd been there since the beginning but everybody knew who they were um by default Mm -hmm. you know and they had been raised in that environment and i was actually excited for them because i experienced that when nathan and i first got married i was a pastor's kid everybody knew who i was um i experienced church that way but when i met nathan we got married we just went out on our own. Um, we were that family on the back row that nobody knew. Yeah. yeah. And everybody wants to be known. I mean, you know mm-hmm. what that's like when you mm-hmm. go to a new church. You just want everybody to know your story. And and so I think it's been really, really good for our kids to, and we've talked about it yeah. out loud, like don't really have that whole identity thing and mom going on anymore. So yeah. it's just really good for them to have to like be the new person and mm-hmm. Who's your identity in? And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's been really pretty powerful for them to experience. And Yeah, I would imagine this has become a faith walk for them that y'all didn't even know was going to. No. Yeah. Did you ever, did you and Nathan ever go, did we make the wrong decision? Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Those first few months were really hard and it had everything to do with the kids. Yeah. But then it just finally, it locked in. And yeah, so. We're summertime. Summertime in Nashville makes everything better. Yes, yes. If you can get through January, February. I always tell people, when people tell me they want to move here, I go, come in January and February. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to move here in February 5th, when the, everyone's staying inside their house and it rains a lot yeah. and it's cold and yeah. everybody's just working, yeah. then you might really like it. Then you're going to love it in June. <laughs> so true. When nobody works it's and everybody so just plays. True. Yes. Um, and where have y'all found a church here? Church of the City. Yeah, I love them. I love Darren mm-hmm. yeah. and Brandy. I think they're both mm-hmm. fantastic. What's been the thing for you there? What's been the reason? Yeah. Well, honestly, we've known Darren for about 15 years. We yeah. met him a long time ago when we were still Watermark. We did a tour where he was um, kind of uh, tour pastor slash no way. like yeah he did this um it was the tour was with like Michael W. Smith and Darlene Check and there were it was like a multi artist tour and so lots he, of small name people is what yeah. you're saying. Okay. Just shout to Lord and Friends are Friends Forever. Exactly. I got Exactly. And he had done this spoken word thing type thing on Michael's record because he's Australian mm-hmm. and Everybody loved it. I was about to say, does Darren do spoken word? Is he a poet? Well, no, but I mean, it was, I guess, I don't know what you call it at the time. It was, but it was probably like that then. And uh, Michael had him come out and do that live at the end of of the the concert. Yeah. And so um, that's how we met him. He was not married then. And we were, we're, he's about a year or so younger than us, but relatively we're the same age. Did he already live in the U.S. or was he still living in Australia? He did. Um, he was actually the youth pastor of the People's of Church, People's Church right. which that, so that was his first um, job coming mm-hmm. to the States. And now, of course, Church of the City merged with yes. the People's Church, which yeah. is so interesting for a lot of those people because they're like, you were, <laughs> you were my youth yeah. pastor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Um, so that's an easy reason to. 
It was. Be a church of the city. And we had been hearing through friends about what was going on there yeah. and just the, the merge and how exciting it was. And just um, they're a church that truly is praying for revival to mm-hmm. come. And and we've just, we've just kind of, you know, really been so excited about the heartbeat of everything there. So in our uh, Noah plays drums now almost every Wednesday night at oh, youth. Wow. So he just kind of got involved and it's been it's just been really sweet. Yeah. I love that church. So many of our friends that I love go there. And so now y'all have started like a women's event. We have. The Well. The Well. I love yeah. it. So it's you, Kristen Bahannon, mm-hmm. Lauren Tomlin, Rebecca Lyons. Yes. Right? Is there anybody mm-hmm. I'm missing that's kind of the core of that? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the core, how it started. And then we, of course, we partner with Church of the City Women, and they help us with, you know, all the logistics and things like that. And, and there's been, they've been so gracious to let us, they've hosted us there, basically. And so um, it's been exciting. It's something that we kind of all probably have. It, it wasn't a joke, but I mean, it was something we kind of giggled about for a while. Like, yeah. would we ever, you know, do anything like that? And so probably for a year, we just kind of talked about it. And I think each one of us were on a little bit of a healing journey in mm. areas of our lives. And so we would just get together often and have coffee and talk and pray. And mm-hmm. we prayed a lot and just really wanted to move slow on it and... So it's just been a sweet thing to see it unfold, and it's still growing. It's pretty small right now, um, but I feel like we're just supposed to gather the women of the city, and mm-hmm. to our knowledge, there wasn't anything specific just for the women of the city happening like that, and right. so um, that's one of the things that I love about Nashville is that um, there's not the massive um mega church feel here mm-hmm. it's more um there's a lot of churches here of course yep. but when you're hanging out in a group of friends there could be 10 churches represented Isn't that bizarre it is really bizarre i think it it was and one I of the it. weirdest switches coming from where i grew up where uh-huh. you went to one of three exactly or yeah. your friend group was based out of your church and uh-huh. here my friend group has nothing to do with where most yeah. of us go to church. Not everybody goes to church, but most of us go to church. But you're right. You could yeah. have 20 people at a dinner and they go to 10 different churches. Uh-huh. It is the craziest. Yeah. It's been so – when I moved here trying to find a church, I was like, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'll go with you. And then I was like, I can't. I can't. That's I'm what just, I mean is like we could have spent a year church hopping. Oh, I mean, sure just because there's so have. many good ones. Yeah. There's That's so why I kind of had a similar experience to you that there were two people in this town who knew my name when I moved here and they both went to the same church. So I was like, and that is where I'll be going because <laughs> as long as they read the Bible and speak truth about Jesus yeah. and two people know my name, I'll be there exactly. because at least I won't be alone. Yeah. Um, what do you love about the well? What's been great about it? I mean, I, as an attender, it's mm. amazing. I mean, it's such a gift to our city, but what do mm. you, from your side of it, why has it been good? Yeah. Well, I think, I guess when you think about a women's event, you think worship and teaching, mm-hmm. and and we have both of those. But what I've loved is um, Lauren Tomlin, her oh. heart. She's married to Chris Tomlin, mm-hmm. um, but Lauren is so a behind-the-scenes type gal, even though um, she gets on the stage and owns it. And yeah. often when she does, I'm like, you were just, you were made for that. And mm-hmm. she has a heart, though, for prayer. Oh, my and gosh. I, Changes my life yeah, when she prays for me. It's so true. And so we've tried to, that's what I think sets it apart from other things that I've been a part of, mm-hmm. is that that's actually just as much a pillar as 
the worship and teaching is. Yeah. And so... Because um, she doesn't play around at the end of the well. She, she goes like, doesn't play. let's get into <laughs> healing prayer in front of God and everybody at this event. It's true. I mean, she doesn't mess around. My, the, first, the first one that I was at, I mean, women are just like, seriously getting set free and yeah. healed and Lauren's just on stage being like if you struggle with this come on yeah come. I was like Lauren is just gonna make everybody come to the altar <laughs> it's amazing it's and it's it's you know not a whole lot of people um are super super duper comfortable with um like you said I mean just kind of going there and yeah. so what we found is just like we're we're just um having a place for that mm-hmm. and often you know um if there's two services at your church, you know how rushed it can be to get out, get to the nursery, get to the car. Um, And so we're just trying to provide space Mm -hmm. afterwards too, just to kind of slow everything down and go, Hey, if you need to linger afterwards, if you need to talk to someone, if you need prayer. Um, But even in the middle of the night, like you said, um, Lauren just gives people an opportunity to learn how to or just hear from God. And that's a new concept for a lot of people, even yeah. who have been in the church. Yeah. And so we really try to incorporate scripture into that about, you know, for instance, Jesus saying, um, I'm I'm the shepherd and my sheep know my voice mm-hmm. and and you know, things like that, just trying to incorporate that to know that like um we we can hear from him, you know, and yeah. he does speak to us and and so that's been really, really sweet. And the stories that have already come from that, just giving um, that opportunity to women Mm -hmm. to just linger. And and often a lot of people do. And one of the things that Lauren said recently that I loved is she said, you know, I was just looking around afterwards and and we all try to um, stay afterwards and just really talk to people. And um, she said, I loved it that I saw a woman weeping at the altar on her knees and three women praying over her. And at the, at the very same time, someone towards the, the back row was, some group was laughing hysterically right. together, right. sitting there together, just lingering. And mm-hmm. so she's like, if those two things can exist in the same place, she's like, yes. I mean, that's... We're doing something yeah. right. Yeah. So, so sweet. I agree. It's really fun. And you always have great snacks. Oh, Y'all thanks. really go above and beyond in the snack Thank department. You. You're not pulling out like the Costco... <laughs> Two bite brownies. I've been very impressed. I'm like, someone is making snacks. Well, nobody's making it. I don't know who's picking up that stuff, but you know, it's impressive. We try. It's impressive. (laughs) I like it. Um, Okay, let's talk about your Christmas album. It's so good. Is this your first ever Christmas album? It is. It is. I've been a part of Christmas albums, but this is my first one called The Thrill of Hope. Um, Okay, tell me about the thrill of hope. There's something you did different with this album than you've done, right? Where you crowdsourced it a little bit at the front side. Is that what you would call mm-hmm. it? How would you phrase mm-hmm. it? Yeah, crowdfunded. Yeah. yeah. Never done that before. You just went, let's do a Christmas album. Oh. Y'all want to go ahead and buy it and then I'll make it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was awesome. really vulnerable. Oh, was it? Was it <laughs> yeah. so scary? It really was. Because I guess there was a chance that some people, not Christy Knuckles, that some people would not have people who would want their – like, I tried to crowdsource a Christmas album. It would probably actually get funded because people would be like, I just need They're to like, know. They're like, we just need to hear this. I need to, I'm willing to pay $11 for this debacle. But there are people who would not be able to get – so you literally thought, what if we don't make enough, sell enough copies to be able to afford this? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we just – it was more just being – just being vulnerable enough to just say, like, will you help mm. us? Like, will you go along the journey with us? Yeah. And I think that 
what we realized is that there's oh, there's so much going on in people's lives, and it is hard to um, get the word out about things yeah. like that. And it's it's often just um, people are busy, and 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 so you just feel like you're like. Like knocking yeah. again, you're like, hey, hey. remember us, sweetest? <laughs> We're trying to like make a record, right? So. <laughs> it is the strange. That is one of the stranger parts of these jobs we have. We have to yeah. be like, hi, we're back. Uh, yeah, I have another. I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was sorry. I don't know. You're busy. Uh, I have another book. Okay, bye. Yeah, like, right, exactly. Yeah. I know. I know that feeling. So I can only imagine doing that before the product. Yeah. yeah. Why did you call it the thrill of hope? I mean, I know that's a lyric, but. What yeah. made you pick that lyric? Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, um, our family, we were in Orlando for our, for our summer vacation, and it was happened to fall on the week that there were the three tragedies there. In uh, Orlando? In Orlando. I did not realize you were down there yes, then. Yes, we were there. That? We literally got there the night that the young singer was shot, mm-hmm. then the, the club shooting, yeah. and then the Disney tragedy, and... We were literally at trying to, you know, go to parks and have like family vacation that you've planned, you oh know, my gosh. for for so long, for so long. And so at first, I was really just like, okay, this this is why, you know, why, mm, and right. why would this fall on this time? And and you know, we we're just trying to get away. And but I mean, it didn't take me long to realize that we were absolutely there for a reason. That's right. And so the the. The day of the, the the club shooting, we of course we just could not go anywhere. We're we're not we're just we're like we're staying home. This right. is just we just kind of sat at the um, rental home that we had gotten, and it, thankfully we had a pool, and so the kids just swam, and we yeah. just really chilled, was which was actually restful and sweet yeah. and everything. But Nathan and I just kind of kept talking back and forth, and we knew we were when we got home we were going to be tracking the record that next week in the studio. So all the songs were heavy on my heart the arrangements were heavy on Nathan's mind and but I remember the the third or fourth day in we finally you know went to Disney we were walking around I was looking at the droves and droves and droves of people that were there I couldn't honestly believe it was almost like it was more crowded I mean it was just that's really interesting I could not believe how many people were there you could not even walk it was hot yeah, it, it was Disney in the summer with so a lot of people hot. in shorts. Get me out of here! Yes, so hot. It was so, so hot, and people. I remember looking up at the castle, and I just thought it looked so small. Huh. And I thought, what is it about humanity, basically, that why do we come in droves to these kind of things? Mm-hmm. I mean, plus I'm just trying to like be like, yay, we're at Disney with my kids, you know? And I'm like, right. oh my goodness! But it just the words to Oh Holy Night started coming to me, and. I just thought about the phrase, the thrill of hope came to me because I thought about, you know, we're, we're thrill seekers as humanity. You know, we want something bigger than ourselves. We Mm. want that magical thing to be real, anything to take us from the reality. And I could see it on people's faces. Just the, honestly, it was so tense. Uh I felt like if one thing goes down, it's like every man for himself. Like that's how it felt. Yeah. And it just, which is so alarming to feel Uh, that way. And at Disney, at Disney. And it just, I just thought, Oh Jesus, like you're, you're the hope of the world. Like how do I tell this story in such a way that it would be a thrill of hope to mm. people, you know, when they hear it. And I didn't think of this record. It was probably the first time I'd ever done this, but I didn't think of it, of how it was going to re- be received corporately. Yeah. I thought about the individual. Yeah. Um, in it their feels cart. like that. Yeah. It's, it, I just thought, how is the one person 
going to have a, a, an experience with Jesus, like in their car. Okay, Christy, that's so interesting because that is exactly how this album reads. Like really? from front to back, it feels like one experience you're mm, supposed to have. I mean, yeah. you can plug in and go, I just want to hear, sure. you know, Oh Holy Night, or I just mm-hmm. want to hear, Oh Come Let Us Adore Him. But there is something that starts with the prelude with the mm-hmm. Advent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it it feels like you built it, like an experience you're supposed yeah. to have with the Lord about mm-hmm. Christmas time. Yeah. I got, I panicked when we had already turned it in at, at mastering and we'd already turned the record in. It was going to be printed and it, because nowadays that's kind of a risk. Like you should put all your best, most exciting songs up top. That's oh, kind of like everybody that knows that. I mean, n- normally, like yeah, okay. you're supposed to kind of like, you know, by track six or seven is kind of like, oh, okay. We're quiet I mean, down a little <laughs> bit. Here's some fine ones because we got to get to 12 and then like 11, 12 are stars again. Exactly. Oh, Okay. So I wish books worked like that. She, I know, I know, but <laughs> it's like terrible chapters. So I really write. You know, it's it's written sort of like in a book experience. Yeah, but, but I'm so glad. I mean, it was a risk, kind of in some ways, um, because there's not a whole lot of people nowadays that listen to a record in its entirety. Yeah. It's like I'm going to buy this song. I'm going to buy that song, mm-hmm. and so. You know, I, I I loved that it has this arc to it, and you're right. It starts out with Advent, and then um, it's it's then the announcement, and then it's all these songs of just what does it look like now for that yeah. Emmanuel is with us, and then it ends with Joy to the World, which yeah. I've learned is a second coming hymn. Oh it's, wow! It's not a Christmas hymn, so it's 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 looking at it with both both. Oh, we're such suckers for singing it as Christmas yeah. when it was about it's about Jesus coming back. That's uh-huh. so funny, isn't that neat? So I put it on there obviously because we still enjoy it as a Christmas sure. hymn. But what it's a strong to, ending. But it's to say, you know, the both views of Advent are the incarnation and the second coming. Mm-hmm. That's the the longing. Yeah. So. It's it kind of it, the whole record plays it, out it like that. It so listens like that. So well, mission accomplished you. in thank Annie you. Downs's head at least because <laughs> I mean when I have listened through it I've thought oh this is supposed to be one mm. one experience. Yeah. And you don't feel that very often with albums. I don't know you're right a lot of people don't listen to records all the way through anymore. I think we do here maybe yeah. only because our friends make the records. And so yeah. we go like yeah, I'll listen to the whole thing because yeah. I want her to or him to know yeah. that I listen to the record but mm-hmm. it it really is beautifully put together. Thank, Thank you for you. thinking through that for us. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of you Thank to you. think of the woman riding in her car between Macy's and Target. Exactly. Trying to get it all done and mm-hmm. she forgot the wrapping paper and all that stuff. And in the middle we can. Yes. Okay. Where did I leave off on that? Mm-hmm. Right here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm back in. Do you have a favorite song on the album? I would have to say it's a it's a toss up. Um, Amaryllis, I love. It's obviously it's on the cover of the album. Um, that was a song that I made my sister in law a, a songwriter on because yeah. she had written me a letter for my birthday and given me a bulb, an Amaryllis bulb, a couple of years ago for my birthday. And um, with this letter that said Amaryllis prayers, uh-huh. and it was actually during that two years of stirring that God was sure. the mama in the nest. Years. Yes, yeah. And so she sent that to me and it was prayers were praying for you. And it was sort of this, you know, the amaryllis grows in winter. She's Mm -hmm. like, don't, don't feel like you have to wait till the hardness of this season is over. Push through and bloom in the winter. You can bloom in the winter even still. And your sister-in-law sent you that. Yes. Not not even your brother or your, you know, like. Isn't that precious? Yeah. A person that you just got to be in family with. Yeah. It's It's precious. really sweet. Yeah, so Amaryllis, and then probably wrap this one up. Oh, yeah. That's another one that's um, near and, and dear, just the whole process of 
of writing that song and really beholding Jesus mm. as the Lamb of God. Um, and one thing I learned, you know, I was digging around with all of that and even into some Jewish writings and some things that um, shepherds, you know, in that area in Bethlehem, um, scholars believe actually that the angels that that the shepherds that the angels appeared to could quite possibly have been the shepherds that watched over the Passover lambs. Oh, um, wow. Louis even Giglio did a message on that a couple of years ago at Passion City. And I remember going, wow, that's that's a huge statement. And so I started yeah. digging around and there's actually a lot of people who believe that because of where they were in Bethlehem and there's mm-hmm. this tower called Migdal Eider, which mm-hmm. that's the jig on the record. It's all around. It's called Dance at Migdal Eider. Yeah. But it's referenced in Micah. It talks about it's the tower of the flock. It was where these Passover lambs were birthed. Mm-hmm. And just one sweet little thing I found was that um, in Jewish writings that shepherds actually to inspect the male lamb because it had to be spotless. Yeah. They would actually swaddle it in strips of cloth. No way. And so you think about the imagery of that. I mean, yeah. it's just incredible. So that whole first verse is, is kind of you're you're kind of there with the shepherd as they're birthing these Passover lambs, but yeah. then all the way through to the end, Jesus is mm. the lamb who takes away Have the sin of the world. Have you been to Israel yet? I haven't. And I so... We should go. <laughs> we should t- get Rebecca. I literally think Lyons I would get just a be a hate. Okay. That's what I thought too. Here's what's true. I thought that too. My okay. first, I've been twice now. And the first time I thought I will cry constantly. But, but you don't because you you're don't. amazed. But I will tell you my favorite place is the Shepherd's Field. Was it? Oh, it is just... Mm. Uh, I feel teary telling you about it. It is just beautiful because mm. they have this place where you're... They have like a... seating area under some trees Mm. that you just overlook the shepherd's field. And it's also where where they think Ruth met Boaz on the same field. So then you're like, wait, 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 wait. wait. How how is all of this? How is like David's grandparents, right? Am I doing that right? Grandparents? David's lineage. Yeah, his lineage. Is right here. Jesus is right here. The shepherds are right here. Mm. And you're like, how am I seeing this? Wow. How is this? I mean, it is, mm. it's my favorite spot. And I love, I mean, I love Jerusalem and, mm-hmm. but we got to get you over there, sister. Yeah. But you will cry. I mean, I cry at some point every time, but I thought I would cry. <laughs> I mean, I'm like you. I thought I won't breathe. Yeah. That's I will how just I feel be about it. a heap. I know. <laughs> the only place that I kind of can't get it together usually is, usually, I've been twice, is the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, yeah. That's what I've had that thought before. Yeah. I kind of not really sure what I would do if I would was there but yeah mm. and because you know the olive tree olive trees grow in the exact same spot they've always grown mm, they didn't. just replace themselves every 500 ish years so you go like those was... trees th- this is exactly what it looked like wow there's not much else that we can know is it but those trees were there and then wow. you go I, I can't yeah i can't get me out of matthew <laughs> get me out of this garden i have lost my emotions <laughs> i am the worst human i put jesus through this oh. Get me out of this country. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, so it sends you over. So, but mm. the shepherd's fields. But I didn't know that about that they watched the Passover lamb. Mm. I wonder if I could. Is that Louis um, talk from Passion City? It I wonder is. if we could it's dig back be a and couple find of it. years ago. Yeah. Okay. But we'll was... try. Well, we like to link every, pretty much every single thing we yeah. talk about, we link to just so yeah. that our friends who are listening can find it. Mm-hmm. So we'll try to get back there and link to that yeah. so that people can hear it. Um, okay. Speaking of podcasts, 
You have your own. Yes. I was the first guest. I feel so special. I'll never forget it. Um, The Glorious and the Mundane. What made you start doing a podcast? Yeah. Um, You know what? It was something that I had thought about for a while. Um, I mentioned it to my husband. My husband loves podcasts. He's like, every time he runs, he listens to something. And anytime we go on a long trip, he's always listening. And so I mentioned it to him and he was like, you should do this. A lot of it's because... I've honestly been trying to write a book for probably, literally, I mean, like five years. I know. And I have all of these stories and things just backlogged and blogs and things. And and, um, it just, you know, it's hard to get people to read blogs even nowadays. I mean, if you write anything more than, you know, such and such words or chapters, it's like you might as well just put out a book that they can hold in their hands. (laughs) Um, Because they're just, yeah, it's, it's, so I've had all this stuff stored up and, and I just thought, you know, rather than wait right now and not share any of it, I thought, why not just share and not like hoard all these things that I've just, you know, truths and mistakes I've made and um, things that I've written down all through the years. And I just was like, I don't want to hold back on that. I want to share it now. And yeah. and then it was like, I have all these friends, you know, who are so inspiring and, and have amazing um, books out there and that I could interview and not just people on the platform, but I mean, like, you know, I interviewed Beth Moore, but she's known me since I was 21. And, right. and there's such a story there. And yeah. so I thought it'd be so fun for people to kind of, for almost to deconstruct the whole platform thing yeah, for people and just see, you know, that um, even someone who's just, you know, washing dishes right now in front of their sink, you know, and they have a dream in their heart. It's like, I just want them to see that, you know, that we're all normal people and God connected us in like really just crazy ordinary w- ways, you know, yeah. and, and it's not mystical and magical and, and it's just ordinary life. Right. And, um, the name, the glorious and the, the mundane came from a friend of mine, Terry Price. She's, um, a wonderful woman of God and she has nine children. Ooh. She's a songwriter. And, um, I sat with her one day, this was years ago, the first round when we were living in Franklin and, I sat with her and just with tears in my eyes and I said, how do you do it? You know, how do you, how do you raise nine kids? How do you spend time with Jesus? How do you write songs? How do you even, you know, wake up every Mm. day? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And she said. And who's feeding your children? How are you feeding these people? And I looked at her and, you know, with just tears in my eyes and she, I'll never forget it changed my life forever. She said, she's like, you can invite the glorious into the mundane. Mm. And it just, those words changed my life forever. I was trying to compartmentalize everything and my quiet times I thought had to look like candle lit 45 minute, <laughs> right. you know, this and then songwriting needed to look like this and mothering was supposed to look like this. Uh-huh. Well, she's like, Christy, I just have my Bible and my journal on the laundry room floor and I'll fold clothes and think of a line. I'll write it down. Um, I pray for my children. I hold up their socks and pray where their feet are going to take them. Oh my I hold gosh. up their underwear and pray for their purity. And I'm just like sitting there sobbing. Yeah. And this just changes my life forever. And so now, you know, like you said, how God's just sort of resurrected things in my life this season. Mm. I would never have been able to do a podcast even a year ago or yeah. two years ago yeah. um, or before I started it. And so it's just, it was just because the of right timing. timing. Yeah. yeah. And just, the, the capacity and kind of where my kids are at now. And and so it's just neat to be able to give encouragement to a lot of women who are either, um, you know, maybe 
in college or they're waiting on their career or they're waiting on their husband or they're waiting on this or that or moms who are in the thick of it with their children. It's just so mm-hmm. neat to be able to like just to be a voice of encouragement and just be a little bit farther down the road. Yeah. And I think share. that's so much wisdom because and like you were saying earlier, the kingdom is turned on its head, right? Like yeah. little things make a big difference and big things may not make as big yeah. a difference as you think. And one conversation like that gives yeah. you the glorious and the mundane that changes your life, you know? Yeah. And her praying that every day, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff really impacts. I think that about trying to find time to read your Bible where you go, well, if I don't have 45 minutes, I shouldn't do it at all. Mm. And the same is true with exercise. If I don't have an hour, I shouldn't do it at all. Like, right. no, what is 20 minutes every day? Mm-hmm. How does that change your life? Yeah. You know, and so it's the little things that turn Mm -hmm. around and get big. Yeah. So I love your podcast. Thank you. I think it is so fun and so good. Isn't this the most fun thing to do, though? It is. I love it. I have the best time. And I'm I'm with you. I'm like, let's just give some people something Mm -hmm. that so that we're with them in the times that aren't very exciting. Yeah. You know, riding in the car, going to the store. Though, do you put headphones in when you're in the grocery store? Do you do that? No. I don't either. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people doing that lately. Have you noticed? I yes I do, but you do that when you write books, right? Headphones. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Like you listen yeah, to music. Yeah, I listen to music without words. Oh, without words. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I'm writing, when I'm editing, there's nothing. So you're saying people are podcasting in the grocery yeah. store? Yeah, they're just okay. walking around getting their groceries, and I'm like, <laughs> how are that? we ever going to fall in love, guy? If you've got your headphones in. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Why are you true. listening to your music when I'm right here <laughs> trying to buy the same asparagus you are? Oh my gosh! I'm like, I've never ha- thought about doing that. That's a good idea. Oh yeah. <laughs> Podcast introvert but, versus extrovert. Right. Here. <laughs> oh, you mean I could put my headphones in? I'm like, everybody, take your headphones out. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's I, I just it. noticed. I'm like, I'm glad that I'm with people. For the people that are the grocery store right now, I'm glad we're with them. Yeah. But also, maybe there's a cute guy or cute girl trying to talk to you, and you've got your <laughs> you big need earbuds. To turn in. around. I need you to wait till you're in the car by yourself. That's you a good. To see your that's neighbors. A, that's a good um, thought. What do you love about Christmas? Oh my goodness. Um, just being at home with my kids and um, Nathan, and we kind of just have our little groove. We get in, we yeah. have our movies that we want to watch, yeah. and um, I don't know. Just we're we're kind of homebodies because we are we're gone so much, and so it's like when we're home, we're home. Me too. And so it's just Christmas. Just is is time to it's extended time to just. Mm-hmm. You know, all those weekends we kind of miss um, yeah. when we're out on the road. It's like we just kind of try to pack it all in. So yeah. love it so Me much. Too. I On Sunday, I turned on all my Christmas. I mean, if I'm in the house, every Christmas light is plugged in. Yes. I mean, all of them. <laughs> and literally on Sunday, I sat in the quiet, which is very un-Annie. But I sat in the quiet with the lights on for like hours just to be home. That's Didn't so watch sweet. TV. I don't have a fireplace, but I have on my TV, on my smart TV, I can do a fake fireplace. Yeah, yeah. So I turned that on. And I, to be fair, I was also behind on my interested Bible study with Beth Moore. Oh. I'm behind by like four <laughs> days. And so I was like, I'll just sit here. Yeah. But it is that. It's that like mm-hmm. we get to be home Yeah. in this. And yeah. this is a beautiful time to be home. Yeah. So That's I love great. that. Okay. So the podcast is called That Sounds Fun. So the last question we it. always ask is what sounds fun to you right now? Oh, um, let's see. Going antiquing, maybe. Really? Do you love antiquing? I do. I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. I know Keeper's Branch is beautifully antique. Like, it looks like a really, mm-hmm. you've done a beautiful job with your house making it feel very, like, modern stuff, but really mm-hmm. especially antique stuff, too. So I see that in your home, but I didn't know you loved it. Yeah. I would say 
thrift shopping slash, you know, antiquing. I love to just, that's my favorite thing. Get a coffee. But I would love it if, like, my sister-in-law did that. Uh-huh. We did that this past weekend. I went to Atlanta for something mm-hmm. and... And I was just, it was my happy place. It yeah. was like, did y'all both, go to Scott's? Where'd you go? We went to this place called Queen of Hearts, Queen of which Hearts. is in Alpharetta. Uh-huh. And it has all these booths. And so you can go in and you can put like a little quarter in and get a coffee. Oh, and great. it's the best. And there's just probably like a hundred or so booths or more. Mm-hmm. And it's like some really, really good stuff yeah. um, mixed with like grandma stuff, which is also really awesome. So great though. <laughs> right. It's so nostalgic and sweet. I love it. There's one, I went to one recently in Canton, Texas. Yeah. First Monday, maybe. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. It's called something like that. So many Uh, booths and so many people. And it's just, I love it too. That's so fun. I didn't know you loved that so much. We should do that. We should do next time Franklin offers us a real antique market. Yeah. We should go. Is that kind of like old lady-ish of me? No. If I said that's fun. I don't think so. I think that's really fun. You're allowed to I mean, say I am old. you think fun. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Fun is in the eye of the beholder, my friend. You yes. are allowed to. I think that's fun, too. I think, And I think it also says something really important about you that is true about being friends with you, but it's also true about your songwriting, is that you notice the things that other people will overlook. Yeah. And so cool. when you antique... That's what you're doing, right? That's you have to sweet. dig through so much trash <laughs> to find a treasure. But you do that being Aww. friends with me, and you do that when you write songs. Like you notice what other people don't notice. Oh, that's true. I so love that. Thank I you. I think that I think your gifting from God is displayed in your hobbies. Well, thanks. <laughs> that means a lot. So, that's sweet. I mean, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I mean, do you love the idea that we just had a whole conversation with Christy Knuckles in a sparkly red dress draped across a piano at a Christmas party? I just feel like that's so right. It's so right. And I'm going to give her a hard time about that forever. So I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Christy. She's just the sweetest, isn't she? She's so calm and soft-spoken, and I think I ruin her life sometimes with my volume, but she loves me anyway. I appreciate it. Um, Again, her album is called The Thrill of Hope, and I really would recommend you grab it. I think you'll totally love it. So we are four weeks into our Christmas party, and we have still got more to come. If you haven't backed up and listened, go back to our first episode. Living with Landon is talking to us about how you decorate. It is not too late to get some cute new decorations. In fact, they're probably popping on some sales at this point, so you can get some great stuff with a good budget. Landon really encouraged me to go to... Marshalls and really try. And you guys, I have to tell you, I did. And I got one thing. I texted her a picture from Marshall. I was like, can I buy this and spray paint it gold? And she was like, don't leave without it. So definitely check out that episode with her. And then we had the sweet women from She Reads Truth, Rachel Myers and Amanda Williams talking about Advent. And then last week was Anne Voskamp about her new book, The Broken Way, as well as their family Christmas traditions, which I thought was really sweet. And um, what I know about Canada, which was not very much of the episode because it's embarrassing, embarrassingly little. Except I do really want to visit Prince Edward Island where Anne of Green Gables was filmed. So I want to visit lots of Canada. So come on, Canada. Bring me. Bring me to you, Canada. So, And then thanks again to Christine Ockles for being with us this week. All the things we talked about in this episode and in episodes past, you can find on my blog, AnnieFDowns.com backslash blog. Or you can go to the podcast page, AnnieFDowns.com backslash podcast. And all the episodes are listed there. We link to the blog post that has all the links in it, everything we talk about. So everything that Christy and I talked about, as well as out how you find her, follow her, get her music are all there. So 
Thanks so much for joining us. I'm having a great time at this party. I hope you are too. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you today. Merry almost Christmas. And we will see you sooner than you think with another fun episode for our 2016 That Sounds Fun Christmas party. Talk to you soon. I mean, I won't really talk to you. I will be talking to you soon. You'll be listening to me soon. We'll be together soon in the podcast. All right, that'll do. Okay, bye, friends. But the fact is, you're better than Christmas Day.